Street Fighter 4 brought 11 new characters that had never been playable in a Street Fighter game before into the mix, and we rank them in order of general success. Plus, Catalyst explores the benefits of more casual Street Fighter encounters on this week's episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. Hey, so we have been thinking, uh, well, a decent bit in the community right now, uh, the Street Fighter community, I should say, about, you know, things like the where the story is going because of the way Capcom has been presenting a lot of the uh, final Season 5 content. Of course, we have Luke, who is uh, connected somehow to the, the story in a very significant way, might be the protagonist of Street Fighter VI. And, uh, and he's a totally new coming character. He's a newcomer. And so I, I was thinking about that and, and how like the kinds of impacts brand new characters tend to have on games, what you want out of them and such. And our eyes have been into the future so much because we're getting ready for the end of five, the beginnings of six. But I wanted to go back in time a little bit and analyze Street Fighter Four and the new characters that were introduced in Street Fighter Four. And I wanted to rank them, uh, and, and ultimately this is my own personal preference, so fine, hit us up with all of your disagreements in the comments, but you're wrong, uh, objectively speaking. <laughs> and I wanted to just go through and kind of talk about them because we will uh, soon enough be looking at some new characters coming down the pike for Street Fighter VI. And, uh, and this kind of a thing is just nice to have sort of floating around in your head and to be sort of updated on and ready for. So, without any further ado, this is the uh, my, my ranking of the newcomer characters to Street Fighter IV. And we will start here, I believe there are 11 of them, when everything was all said and done at the end of Ultra. And uh, so the, the worst one here, number one, or number 11, is El Forte. El Forte, I, I look at, and I could not figure anything good about this character. That's not true. But there was the, the, he was not a fun character to fight against. He wasn't a very well-fleshed-out character in terms of his contributions to the story. Um, you know, okay, so they started with a Lucha Libre character, which that's cool. I mean, that totally yeah, makes yeah. sense for a fighting game character. It's a good place to start, but... I mean, that wasn't Capcom's, you know, original idea. They started with a template. I'm sure that uh, the first, I think the first Lucha Libre was actually uh, invented by Rey Mysterio. And that was back in the WCW days. This is long before Street Fighter IV. So obviously they don't get credit for coming up with, you know, Latino Mexican wrestling and all that kind of stuff. Um, but what they did bring to the table was this, uh, he was a cook. And he had a bunch of moves that were named after Mexican and Latino food dishes. And it, but it, like the amount of effort that went into it was okay, grab a, a Mexican food, a tostada, that's your adjective, and uh, grab a noun, you know, splash or press or whatever. There's your move, you know, so guacamole spin or quesadilla bomb and fajita buster, whatever they were. I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, it wasn't very inspired and it felt like, I mean, as we've, we've talked about it with uh, Dream King, Steven, a handful of times, and he always points out like, dude, that's, that's some borderline kind of racist. And I don't know if it yeah. was or not kind of offensive. And I think the reason why is because it's just so haphazardly taking things out of a certain culture and saying, oh, this can help, you know, the, you, you know what this is. And it's like, yeah. put a little more thought into it than that. So his story and his personality were kind of like, whatever, just thrown together. His gameplay was so 
annoying to fight against. It was 50-50s through and through. And it was like, did you choose the right thing? No, it sucked to, to lose to him. Just, I mean, okay, so some of the good things you could say is that Pepidai, he was very entertaining to watch. But I don't, I not to play against. Like I guarantee you, the people that were losing to Pepidai, it was fun for a highlight reel, sure. So we did get that out of it. But man, I, there wasn't a lot of good that came out of El Fuerte. And so without wasn't it Bugtooth um, who made a guy rage quit? Um, was it probably uh, Warwick? Warwick on screen? Like it was, but was it wasn't uh, online rage quit? It was a real life rage quit. I think we can probably get the footage. We'll see. Uh, I don't know. Um, but anyway, he's playing El Fuerte. Uh, Bucktooth is playing El Fuerte against Warwick and he's doing all those mix-ups and Warwick just goes, I'm out and just unplugs his controller and he's gone. Cause that's uh, not what I'm so, here for. Right. Yeah, we talked about killer uh, Kai or was it killer Kai? Or just, just regular Kai. Sorry. Um, yeah, who, Kai. who, uh, he played El Forte because he hated street fighter four and wanted to spread negativity in the experience. Something along those lines. Those are not his exact words, but that I think is the gist of it. And, uh, and he used El Fuerte to do that. So El Fuerte, I do not want to see you return. I'd like to see him return as maybe a background character making some kind of soup or something like that at that best. But I do not want to see him unless they completely revamp things, change the way he plays. And at that point, is he even the same character anymore? I don't know. But El Fuerte, you suck. Mm. All right. So then the next character up, DiCaprio. Um, I, now this was interesting and I'm not, uh, I could, I could be argued with about the placement of DiCaprio, um, because I think a lot of why she wasn't, uh, received so well was because of the buildup and then the presentation of her. She was the very final character and there was a lot of talk about like, who's this going to be? That was kind of one of the, the last big hype, um, mysteries of the, you know, the story of Street Fighter 4. And then when she finally was revealed... Everyone was like, wait, that that's it? She looks like, not Cammy light, but almost sort of like Cammy too, and a lot of the same animations. Now, she really didn't function like Cammy in-game. We'll get to that in a second. But there was a huge expectation, and when the, uh, the curtain was finally removed, it just felt like a lot of steam was sort of kind of coming out of the balloon. And, mm. uh, it, like... She she had some cool moments, I guess, in competition. Some notable players like Knuckle Do and Infiltration used her. Did Infiltration use her, or did I always just want to see Infiltration user? I think yeah, yeah, Infiltration user for sure. Um, she has reasonably interesting moves, but the way she operated, at least for me, she was not a fun character to fight against. It, it just felt like just I, I never felt comfortable with her, and and that's not to say it's like they should be easy to to beat or maneuver around. But the back and forth, the kind of games you would play against her didn't feel good with her weird teleports around and stuff, and I don't know. So, And it just, she was presented at the beginning of Street Fighter V because she was in the cinematic story trailer. And I remember people singing, and the responses were overwhelmingly like, oh, please, not DiCaprio for SF5. And she popped mm -hmm. up in the story mode. Where you, I think you actually play against her for a round in the story mode, so they designed her a, a little bit for five, and people were like, please, not DiCaprio again. I think she could come back and maybe she could come back for Street Fighter 6 after taking a break in 5 and maybe they reinvent her a little bit and she's sort of divorced away from all the negativity that she sort of got when she was presented in Street Fighter 4. But when it came down to it, the actual execution and implementation of this character, I just it, it didn't resonate very well with me and I don't think it resonated very well with a lot of other people. So there is potential for her if they change stuff, but as she was executed in SF4, not my favorite. 
Yeah, it's um, it, that's a pretty fair placement for her on this list because again, Ono really did a really bad job with with you know DiCaprio because he's like no one correctly predicted this, and it's like, dude, a bunch of people said the dolls, you know, kind of thing as a, mm-hmm. you know the final characters and stuff, and just there was a lot of really bad stuff happening with you know the messaging around her and all that kind of stuff. I actually think her gameplay was really cool because I, I did play her a good bit, um, but you know I, I I can't disagree with the placement at all. It's pretty fair. Mm-hmm. All right, so next up here on the list, Hakan. I initially wanted to put Hakan a little bit higher, but as I thought about it, um, you, you know, he just he never made the splash that I think he could have. Now, he also didn't get played all that much because he came out and he was matter of fact a bad character. Everyone was talking about it in that sense, and I don't think that they were really wrong. We never saw much from him outside of infiltration, bringing him out for a one Evo top eight against PR Balrog. And it's like, well, because that happened to be a particularly good matchup for Hakan and PR Frog probably wasn't ready for it because we never saw him. Uh, that was cool. But outside of that, I, I didn't see a lot, him bringing a lot to the competitive side of things. And, uh, and you know, more often you hear about his hot wife than you do about anything that had to do with his gameplay and such. Now, he was a character that I would say if you thought about these new characters as like, uh, you know, archaeological excavation sites or something like that, Hakan's was not very well Hakan was not very well explored he was his surface was scratched and that's about it and so I would like to see him come back and I would like to see him uh, somewhat reinvented and uh, and for people to explore him a little bit more but with how little of a splash he made at the beginning of, of his you know in his um, his initial run I don't know if that's even in the cards or not I will say that first of all he's a grappling type character and as we've said before in this podcast it's not easy to to balance grapplers because they can really quickly become overpowered and then you tack on the fact that he has this kind of unique level up system this sort of other mechanic and when you do that with characters as we've talked about many times with like the likes of Fong and such it's it that can be very polarizing and they start to play a game that everybody else isn't playing and then you go like well does this break him or does the fact that he has to, in this case, oil up, make it so that he's at a huge disadvantage? But that's that's the kind of thing that really can swing things. And it, it, it's very, very difficult to balance this particular character because he's a grappler with a special mechanic. Like, I do not envy the task of a developer having to balance that character within a, a Street Fighter roster. So... All in all, it's like that was a huge task to take on. He looks kind of weird. He he never was all that great, and he kind of just fizzled away. So he didn't he didn't really piss anybody off or anything like that. But he also didn't amount to much. He was kind of a troll character, is what he ended up being. It was kind of a way of like trolling your company. And I know some people took him seriously, but it was just like it. Oftentimes, you just kind of saw him. Even you know, infiltration versus PR Balrog. Like it was infiltration kind of said after the fact like i kind of you know wanted to hype up the crowd and other stuff like that you know and it wasn't you know a legitimate you know competitive pick it was more of like i wanted to generate hype by playing this character and Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's you know i mean there's some stuff to say about hakan but usually it's mostly bad okay so the next one up on this list was originally uh i guess i would say it was a better placement but i i lowered their placement 
Um, because now keep in mind, this is talking about the analysis that comes from Street Fighter 4. And in the case of Seth, we had a huge update to the character that changed a lot. And, and I would say fixed a lot about him. And I uh, he's at the point now where I don't think that he's a, a lock for every Street Fighter moving forward. But if he were in every other one, I think that would be just fine. I think the character's in a pretty good place. But with where he was in SF4... He was sort of this um, somewhat bland, kind of like blank, faceless entity. And, and then he had a lot of other characters' moves, which, okay, fair enough. We've seen that kind of a thing done before. And he had a little bit of personality, but he was also very frustrating. Like, he was, he was super-powered. He had everything, every tool, and they worked really well together. And he, he benefited the kind of play or... The kind of play that was really effective with Seth, when the likes of like online Tony and Punko, was this sort of like balls to the wall, just go for it, be crazy, and either I'm killing you or you're killing me, but I also have these really good tools, so I'm probably killing you. And that amounted to just like, dude, I feel like I'm playing against a boss, and he was a boss character, but you really don't want your boss characters to feel like boss characters in competitive modes. So what that amounted to is Seth felt kind of bland, kind of overpowered, and, and as he appeared in Street Fighter 4, I was not a huge fan at the end of the day. I do think that this, again, is a story where Capcom has already evolved Seth into a better character, and, and I, I'm widely happy with where he is now. But as far as he appeared in Street Fighter 4, it's like, mm, I kind of a swing and a miss in some certain significant ways. Yeah, Seth was uh, named after your uh, lookalike, Seth Killian. Killian. Um, and um, uh, you shouts to your Twitter profile up there. But uh, I remember Seth even, uh, Seth Killian saying, like, um, I'm not a fan of this character. Like, I, I get it's named after me. That's really cool. But uh, the way this character plays is like, uh, you know, I, I don't I forget the exact thing he said, but like I'll paraphrase and just say like it's kind of a, a little bit of like a, a slap in the face to traditional Street Fighter, like in how it's played just because this character was a crazy entity. So um, there it is. People talk about this is for you, Demon Curse. Talk about Nikali's strengths and his command grab and a three frame and, a, and an invincible DP and stuff. Yeah, and a dive kick. Seth had all that, but he had those in spades, and he had those in ways that worked so well with each other that you were afraid of all of them simultaneously, which made all of them simultaneously better and more effective. And it was just, it was hell. So anyways, that's where Seth goes. Next up on the list, uh, Abel. I wanted to put Abel higher on this as well, but as I thought about it, as I as I kind of boiled things down, it's like, the character did not have, mm, didn't have almost any personality. Abel was in every in every cutscene you saw him. He was just like confused and wondering what was going on. Like, oh, am I supposed to be here? Do I like dogs? Who am I? You know, and and it's like fair enough. You got this wandering kind of like blank slate of, of a character to to I don't know. That's that's a decent idea for a protagonist for the game, but. He just never really amounted to much. He had some cool uh, competitive showings where the likes of 801 Strider, um, again, Infiltration used him, I think, in an Evo Top 8 towards the end of the game's life. Um, and like and in the earlier days, I remember seeing Juicebox. There was a lot of cool mm -hmm. um, yeah. sequences that Abel was fun to watch. I don't know that he was necessarily that fun to play against because he, again, a grappling sort of 50-50 character. And in the earlier days, uh, he was pretty broken in some significant ways. Uh, the most notable, of course, was when he had Brainless in, his, in its first iteration when Super dropped and he got that second um, 
ultra combo that was just silly. And, uh, and, uh, and, and just to clarify on it. that, his his ultra two is called uh, Breathless. The community renamed it to Brainless because mm -hmm. of how overpowered it was, and it got yeah. nerfed right afterwards. But yeah. Yeah, Ultra 1 is called Soulless, Ultra 2 is called Breathless, but we all knew it was brainless because it took no brain power to use effectively. Um, really quickly, for what it was, he would go into this crouching state, and then uh, what the, when when the character when the player released it, he would zip forward like almost across the whole screen and grab you, so you couldn't block it. I believe he had a hit of armor while he was in the crouching state, and then maybe also while he was moving forward, and he could cancel the crouching state if he decided he didn't want to do it. But what would happen was like he he would activate just like out of nowhere while you're playing in neutral and he could either go remember you couldn't block this so you had to neutral jump it so maybe you guess a neutral jump but if he didn't let it go then you're coming down and he's just going to let it go as you come down and he's going to catch you as you're landing it was a super goofy thing but also it had <laughs> he could use it in the middle of block strings and stuff it had armor it was it was goofy and it did a ton of damage so um, but all in all, Abel, I, I liked, and I think a big reason why it was hard for me to put him um, lower on the list is because I played against, uh, for, for the first like half of Street Fighter IV's life, I played against an Abel main. That was my main training partner, and uh, I didn't hate it. But um, but yeah, all in all, it's just like, uh, the character didn't add up to a ton. He could come back, and they could try Abel again, and I think it would be okay and, and tweak stuff around a little bit. But um, as, as he existed there, he was okay, kind of like in middle of the road in terms of the newcomers. And uh, that's why he is where he is. Yeah. Next up on the list, Rufus. This is an interesting one because Rufus was all over the competitive scene. Uh, thanks to the likes of Justin Wong, Ricky Ortiz, a few others. I got I to gotta shout out Brent as, of course, the third best Rufus, as we would call him often. Um, but he was such an off-putting character. He's, he's the, uh, the stereotypical fat American and, uh, and I believe he's the first Street Fighter character to officially be uh, fat, as opposed to like E Honda having like abs on the outside of his sumo. E Honda gets a pass. Rufus was like actual jelly. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's the case. And uh, so, so he wasn't the most. Uh, he was gross, and he was sort of, sort of annoying. And then he had some of the absolute best moves ever and that didn't make him the best character he was never really the best character but he had like a seemingly height restrictionless dive kick uh messiah kick we often call that the jesus kicks because it was like one of if not the best reversal in the game and um and every single road if rufus hit you from any angle or any distance or whatever it seemed like he could combo into his ultra so he had big time damage um he obviously had some drawbacks in his competitive side because he wasn't like i said the best he wasn't just winning everything um but all in all it's like rufus was there uh he was Rufus players weren't super happy to play him, and people that were playing against him weren't super happy to play against him. So, and then also he was sort of a turnoff in terms of his his actual character persona and personality. So, I mean, again, he's he's around, he's kind of around like the halfway point of this list, so he's not the worst, but he was a big turnoff for a lot of people. And uh, and and also, I, I was watching, um, trying to do a little bit of research for this and, and get some refreshers on these characters and, and seeing if there's any similar content. And there really wasn't outside of one video uh, where Maximilian talked about some of the newcomer characters, some of his, uh, I think it was his least favorite, and I think he put Rufus as the number one least favorite. And he noted that a lot of what Rufus did seemed like it was to be a, like a kind of a, a continuation or like an echo 
or the next evolution step from like Yun and Yang in Third Strike. A lot of like his, you know, dive kick pressure and things like that. Not to say that he was supposed to be the same type of character, but maybe maybe cut from a similar mold and evolved forward. And then they eventually put Yun and Yang in the game. So if he was supposed to be that, that also tells me it's something of a failure that he really didn't hold up what they were hoping to have. And then so they just brought the characters that he was supposed to be something of a of a of an imitation of or a continuation of into the game to get that box fully checked. So Rufus uh, ranks there. The next one up here. Um, yeah, uh, and just real quick on Rufus, like uh, um, I loved his quotes and stuff that he had in there. His, like, but he's another character, like quotes. yeah, El El Forte, where I'm like, how would this character play in 2021 right now? Like, what what would that be like? And it's kind of an interesting thing because some of the racial stereotypes, I mean, uh, that you know, Capcom mm. kind of gets away with. I don't know exactly if they're kosher or not. Um, it, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing, I you know, but it, it's also like there's so many of them in the, these games and that's kind of like, you know, it's played for humor. It's not a serious type of thing. And so that's kind of like where they type tend to operate at but um, it, it's going to be kind of interesting uh, if some of these characters go away uh, for the simple fact that maybe this is not like a, a 2021 type of thing or you know whatever the next game comes like you don't maybe some of these characters are like too offensive to include how they were before I almost wonder if that's going to happen but uh, and Rufus would be maybe one of those but, uh, but yeah okay so that was Rufus next up on the list Oni um, I, this is another character that you could argue with me about and maybe we can move him around a little bit I thought Oni was really cool. He is a Shoto, but he's a big, buff, like, evolved version of Akuma, one of the most popular characters in Street Fighter, you know, bar none. And uh, he, he dealt a bunch of damage. He had some really cool, longer combos. Um, so those that wanted to do, like, the long combo thing and have some execution and some pizzazz, um, they could find that in Oni. Uh, stuff like an air raging demon, but it wasn't necessarily overpowered. You weren't seeing that kind of being used and, and, and abused. In fact, I don't feel like Oni got explored quite enough to uh, to really get a fair shake. And I'm sad about that because he seems like a matter of fact, like he's a win unless you really screw things up. And I don't feel like Capcom really screwed things up with him. But at the end of the day, Super Saiyan Akuma just didn't get all that much acknowledgement. You had like who WoW played him. And I don't even mm -hmm. know if anyone would recognize WoW's name for the most part um, nowadays. And uh, Sanford Kelly played him for a little while. Uh, we had uh, uh, my buddy Rock here in our local scene played him a good bit. But outside of that, I, I'm I'm... I don't recall many pros using him and that's just it was kind of sad because I thought he had so much potential and he could become, you know, he's the evil Ryu and, and Oni and those two actually came together. Ryu and Akuma's like ascended darker forms. That's really cool and it, it ties in very well to the to who those characters are and to the to the game's um, overall story. And yet Oni just never was it. So, uh, but I, I wanted to ask you, what what were your some of your thoughts on him? Because to me, he's sort of an anomaly, and maybe you have a piece of the puzzle I haven't thought about. Yeah, I, he was, you know, another vein of the the evil Ryu kind of like spinoff type stuff, you know, or like what is it, violent kin and all that. And I, yeah. I think that. I think people kind of appreciate the the evil Ryu thing uh, a little bit more because of you know it's 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 kind of got more of like a, a plot thread that goes with it where Oni was just kind of like kind of a what if kind of character where if you know uh, uh, what is it Akuma completely succumbed to the the Satsui no Hato or whatever he would become Oni and you know so it was an interesting kind of like what if scenario uh, it, but I, I don't think he had enough of an impact to make him kind of a returning character um, and you know it, it takes advantage of all the Shoto's you know like popularity and all that kind of stuff like we know from the CFN stats 
Shoto's are always way up there. Um, but you know, there, there's probably, I think that what Capcom would do is like probably make like a, a Gotetsu like type of Shoto or someone like that instead of doing Oni again, at least I would hope, uh, that would be a character I'd much rather see, uh, than, you know, Oni return. Mm -hmm. so. How did you feel about him in four though? Like well, his splash in four, when he was revealed, when you first saw him, were you, were you hype or were you just like, ah, well, whatever? I've, I've never personally gotten that hype over the Shoto characters. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm kind of an anomaly there, but, but I do appreciate and respect like, you know, more casual gamers get really into those characters. Uh, and I know Dream King and I played like a lot of, you know, uh, Oni matches and stuff. I gotta say Dream um, King played so, Oni. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry about that. Yeah. And, um, and so... It was, you know, I I think his gameplay was actually pretty cool. Uh, I think they did a good job with him making him interesting. I just, I don't know if he has enough of the splash to kind of like make him a thing, like make him like a returning character. So I guess so. All right. Next one up. Now, if it were up to me, and I guess it is up to me, but I'm also trying to be fair in terms of, you know, more than just who do I like. But obviously my number one guys, and this isn't number one. This is actually a fourth from the top. Goken. Uh, this character, this character did not get played uh, all that often. He wasn't popular, but man, obviously being one of the the more notable Goken players, and there weren't a ton of us, but people would talk to me about him a lot, and they would always say he is so cool. The way that he plays is so cool, and I think a lot of it was uh, maybe he wasn't technical, but maybe uh, people couldn't see the cool parts of his gameplay, the fun and the interesting parts of his gameplay, setting up you know, um, um, traps zoning wise with the high and regular fireballs, which were very fast. And then he could follow up with that cool, um, either as his second, uh, ultra combo, which was the dungeon Hadouken or his, uh, rush palm. I think he had a really, a, a lot of really cool moves. He hit like a truck, which that was obviously a lot of fun. Uh, parry into super was one of the coolest things that every time I was able to hit that and, and and it was in like a, you know, I got a major where there's anything of a crowd, you'd always get people reacting to that kind of a thing. So I think he was a super hype character. Um, he is Akuma's brother, like the yin to Akuma's yang, the light to Akuma's darkness. Well, again, one of the most popular characters in all of Street Fighter. This is his legitimate brother and like sort of the, the opposite answer to Akuma. That's really cool. He's the master of Ryu and Ken. There, there's points there in terms of like he's he's got a really cool place in the story and I think, I, I mean, I, obviously I would want to know more about him and see more of uh, his, his uh, character fleshed out. They did go and shamelessly retcon his story from having been killed to well, he was sleeping for a couple of years after getting his... They, like, when they find him, what, like, beaten and dead in the dojo, they presume him dead, and, and they, apparently they're just like, I don't know, man, this sucks, but happy hour is only going on for another 45 minutes, we gotta get out of here, and they just leave him there, <laughs> and then after a few years, he wakes up, muscle atrophy be damned, because he's one of the most notably buff characters... Uh, and, and I got to wonder why people didn't play him in the first place, given their reactions, given how much hype was around him once, you know, some of us did play him and, and showed some of his potential. Um, and it might be that he's he's the old man character. And in these sorts of games, maybe the expectation is more like the Gen, like the, they look frail, but they have so much ability and there's so much balance in their understanding and, and, and such that they're, you know, they in uh what is it kung fu panda like the single pinky or whatever you know that that kind of like minimalist but super ability sort of a thing goken's this walking tank of a character and maybe that didn't jive with people from like the character select screen i'm not sure 
But man, this is such a cool character. Uh, the way he plays, we've talked about figures like uh, Makoto not being a very good fit for something like Street Fighter V because of just how much of an off like how much offense and how much she just gets up in your face. So it's like certain characters maybe don't fit certain molds of certain games. But Goken's pretty well rounded. He's he's like yeah. fireballs and zoning, but he also likes to sort of rush down and he plays a certain mid game and he wasn't amazing at any of those maybe zoning. Um, but I don't think that that would be a deal breaker for any future games. I think you could make him and his existing toolkit fit to most styles. So I feel like he's a really good, a really good character that could come back, no problem. Really good story. But I'd also like to hear your two cents. Yeah, on. Uh, Goken got you hired here, man. <laughs> we we loved watching your Goken, and it was like, uh, and you applied for a job, and we're like, hell yeah, like we love watching your Goken. You're a good writer, um, and you know uh you're not too much of a a, a, a jerk to the people here you know you're... <laughs> something else by the way uh you know people he was regarded as relatively low tier like he couldn't get the job done yeah. and, and like fair enough but man both in the arizona scene and i remember chris t vividly saying Gokin is broken bro because people would say dude he's secretly high tier like people just don't know and a lot of how like i've said about lucia they banned him from tournament yeah, they, that that uh, there was a couple of uh, there was a couple of uh, of uh, um, uh, random companies who got into FGC tournaments, mm. and they had no idea that you know Goken was low tier and stuff like that, and so they banned like him and like Oni or something like that from tournaments sure. because it, the boss characters, and they're like, oh, you know, can't can't have these boss characters in here, so he was banned from tournament, man. But scrubby tournaments that didn't know what they were doing. But anyway, you were saying, I just thought he was a really good idea for a character, yeah. and uh, and I hope he comes back. He's Shang Long, like it, it's the the EGM uh, Electronic Gaming Monthly, you know, April Fool's joke, the infamous one. That's Shang Long. That that's Goken, you know, kind of thing. And there was so much hype with this character. I remember one of the things from Japan that they said is a, uh, um, you know, he came back like he was, you know put to sleep by akuma or whatever the crap he is and so he's back and in japan apparently that's not a thing like that you have to explain but they're like in america they're like we actually have to come up with an explanation for this and to the life of me i don't remember what that explanation was except for like he was asleep instead or something like that but typical capcom explanation that leaves a lot to be desired um i i think the character was a pretty big hit i definitely want to see him back in street fighter 6 he he's so instrumental to what street fighter is and i actually kind of been disappointed he, he didn't come back for five like I, I was kind of always holding out hope that he would uh i this is one of my favorite characters in the universe i want him back um but yeah yo tambien um okay so number three we're in the top three now of the uh the ranked characters for the newcomers to street fighter 4 now this is kind of a shock because you don't think of this character as a newcomer but this was the very first time that she was playable in a uh, street fighter game and that is poison um, Poison was, you know, she's already got a lot of charisma. People know who she was from, from Final Fight and from her appearances in Third Strike. But this was actually us being able to play as her. She uh, came in very late in the game, and yet she still got a bunch of attention. She was a decently high tier. She had really good zoning. She was immediately welcomed back into Street Fighter V with just about as much hype and just about as much uh, fan passion and such. She's interesting. She's a little controversial. She's a little sexy. She's good. Uh, she was a well-done character and continues to be so. And, and now she might have evolved into a household name. It might be that you see Poison more often than not in future Street Fighters. But that all started because, well, maybe not didn't start, but a huge part of that is because of how she was executed in Street Fighter 4. And I think she was really well done. Yeah, I like her quite a bit in five as well. Uh, great character, should be a staple pretty much going forward in my opinion. Um, get her in there. Uh, I know some people are not really happy with uh, you know uh, her over like you know maybe Guy um, or you know um, 
other Final Fight characters, but I, I think she's right up there. Uh, she's mm-hmm. a great character, um, a really a very much a home run for Capcom. Yeah. All right, number two, Sea Viper. I famous, no, I don't know, famously, but uh, at least within like the SoCal crowd, famously hated Viper because she felt like a Marvel versus Capcom character with her high jumps and her left-right mix-ups and all this craziness and and such. And and by the way, uh, you know, I I played Latif a lot, and so you can you know understand why maybe I didn't have a great time fighting against Viper. That said, I cannot deny how much of a draw this character was. I think she was very well designed. She was, again, sexy. That's that's going to do something for you. She had cool, like, spy gadget electricity and fire moves. Um, and then she was also a mom. She was, she was a MILF. It's like, dude, she had a lot going for her. She was hard to play, but she was also rewarding in that if you could get through her technical boundaries, you could do some really cool stuff. And there were some really notable Vipers. Obviously, Latif and probably Wolf Crone come to mind uh first there's also like jace the ace and a handful of others that uh she really had a presence and um and then there's always been this want for her to come back in five so that tells you something too so Mm -hmm. while i wasn't a huge fan of the way she played because like again i I felt like she was playing more marvel versus capcom in a street fighter game and that's like a really huge advantage um i think a little tweaking to that she's she's a really good new addition like people like her um, she can she can fit into a Street Fighter game and uh, and yeah so she's number two overall. Yeah, it's um she's a classic example of a high tier character but highly technical. She was one of the most absolute difficult characters to play in the entire game, uh, and yet she still maintained popularity. People liked her. Uh, she was based on Angelina Jolie. Great call there from Capcom to take mm. a very uh, pretty and famous actress and basically a kind of adapt her into the game. Uh, it worked out really well. Tomb Raider, huh? Um, okay, and then number one, you guys probably knew it from the beginning, uh, but now through the uh, process of elimination, brute force, whatever it is, it's Jury. I uh, I mean, Jury's fine as far as my personal likings for whatever, but Jury has been like a phenomenon in terms of in terms of like how much fans have just loved her, swoon over her. She's uh, so popular in so many ways and widely seen as unfortunately low tier uh, in Street Fighter V. Um, but she's got such a fan base and it just was like matter of fact, jury came out and just, she has the magic. She was the it girl Mm -hmm. of SF4. And to say that, uh, like she's, she's clearly the biggest success in terms of new characters introduced juries is is, she'll be a DLC character probably in every game. Like, I don't see how Capcom, I mean, I don't, I don't know their numbers, but just based on how people love this character so much. Capcom probably shoot themselves in the foot or or maybe rather miss out on big opportunities for not bringing her around. Uh, People love her style. Um, She's got so much personality. She, she resonates with so many people. She's a waifu. She's badass. all this kind of stuff. And uh, at the end of the day, like jury just, there's no denying that she was a very well-made character and all of a sudden now has a spot at the street fighter table. Um, So any other any other thoughts on yeah Jury? no um she was really in touch with her sexuality um hit a, a huge part of the uh, FGC the the Korean scene and it was like you know great representation a great character um they made the you know the the film around her and stuff like that um it was I, I really liked Jury quite a bit and again um as you say unfortunately low tier in Street Fighter Five she's one of the characters you and I have actually advocated for um quite a bit in terms of not getting enough she's... of these balance patches uh even though we play some very good Jury players uh, number two and, last month yeah. in the uh, the high 
highest ranks online yeah. but yes so but yeah it's a, it's a great um that's a, a i you know if, if jury is not in these future games as a dlc character i think they did something wrong so yeah so there's the list uh the uh the ranked ordering of the new characters that were brought in during street fighter 4 hit us up in the comments as to whether or not you agree, or if you feel like uh, you want to offer your wrong opinions, you can do that too. <laughs> when I told you guys before that John wasn't too much of a jerk when we hired him, well, you know, that's kind of changed over the years. Sorry, John. Yeah. Blow, blow you up here, especially, yeah. But, uh, you know, if people watch us on the regular, they're used to it. They, they probably think I'm the, the bigger asshole, which is probably correct. So, anyway, <laughs> getting into it. No comment, boss. All right, John, I want to talk about casual encounters in Street Fighter V. And it, it, we know that, that league points define every bit of your existence in this game. And the only way to use casual mode is to protect your points from the, the would-be point thieves out there. But... I just recently picked up Rose, and I'm still using this mode for a variety of reasons, because I started off using casual a bunch, you know, because I didn't want to lose all those precious points I had, um, you know, that uh, I think Demon Curse would say that I, I cheated my way to with Monot, you know, because everyone knows that the Monot players are pretty much just cheaters, right? Um, but anyway, I'm now back to earning a steady amount of points here in Street Fighter V, and uh, I just recently earned back a bunch of the points I lost when I switched to, you know, Rose, but I'm still playing casual mode. Because there's a there's really helpful stuff in there to learn by using this mode. Like number one, higher frequency of DLC characters being played. Mm -hmm. uh, Akira and Oro are way more common for me right now in casual uh, than they are in ranked. And while I'm periodically seeing those characters pop up in ranked, I see them quite a bit more often in casual. And if you're trying to get a feel for these new characters, like casual mode's a great way to do so. Uh, and you know, just really nice to kind of kind of hop in there. Mm -hmm. I'm, by the so, way, I uh, I started with that when I was playing Akira. Oh, I'm still playing Akira, um, but I definitely started in casual. But I, I uh, jumped out of there maybe after just a few days, and I've been playing ranked. So if you play some ranked, I will, uh, I'll be waiting for you. There we go. Uh, number two, it, part of the, the big parts of casual are you see some really unpredictable styles and new tactics in there. Uh, I've been uh, uh, I've been seeing some unusual picks for like for V triggers and V skills in casual mode, for example. Um, and um, you rarely see like Birdie's chewing gum V skill, right? Like usually mm -hmm. it's you know it's the can, the banana, all that kind of stuff. That's what you see. But like I'm starting to see the the chewing gum in there. And and it's like oh wait a second, like I've never really dealt with this, but I know some of the pro players actually use this and will bust it out on the regular. And it's like hey wait a second, like this is a great chance for me to get practice and actually go up against something that I don't often see. And so it, it's kind of nice to delve into casual because you see some really crazy combinations and some really crazy styles. Like, oh, you know, my style is basically with Ken to be like a zoner and to like dragon punch you and like go about it like as like a full on, like almost playing like Ryu. And I'm like, I've never seen this before. I've never seen anyone play like this before and you're effective at it. And, then, and you see much more of that stuff in casual. So again, if, it, it, it kind of helps you break out of some of your ruts and some of your like you know more um uh, uh stoic ways of thinking about the game it's like oh man like i didn't even realize like you could you know approach the game in this way and be successful at it it's like the research in the exploration realm that's interesting i hadn't thought about it in those terms i guess it's kind of matter of fact but yeah you might see like that's where a bunch of new ideas that don't amount to anything begin but that's also where you might see the the, the next big thing emerge from yep yeah and uh, so number three 
is it can make you more relaxed and you can kind of have more fun with the game. Uh, the overall goal for a lot of people is to get better. And if you're focused on points, that can actually be detrimental to improving. Uh, and this can kind of help you refocus on the things you should be worried about and take some pressure off of performing. It, it's an, I know Daigo talked about this quite a bit. And he's like, if you're focused on winning, you're oftentimes setting yourself up for disaster. And then so if you go into casual mode and kind of even take the pressure off of like, I don't even have to worry about points. I don't have to worry about anything. I can just focus on the handful of things I want to do. And um, especially when you're trying to learn new tactics, a new combo, a new thing like that, you're really going to blow yourself up a lot uh, in terms of your win-loss ratio. And just going into casual, just to kind of have fun with the game and learn new stuff, it's really helpful. No strings attached. That's what we're calling that part of the, uh, the thing. <laughs> casual you know? That's I'm definitely going to call it that now. Thank are you, for are that, you doing like a? Or I'm trying to think of what this, uh, what the thumbnail for this, <laughs> this casual oh. encounters uh, uh, video is going to look like. And I'm hoping there's some Tinder action going on. Oh, it, it's, <laughs> people have already seen it if they clicked on the video, and so we're going to have some fun with this one. But anyway, number four, it's a great way to warm up. If you've taken a long break from playing, it's just nice to ease back into the game with a few matches that don't sap your points, right? For some people, this is training mode, uh, but I actually like to practice against another human. Shout out to Casual Encounters there. Um, but it, it's a good way to get more in the zone before you you play for cold, hard, serious points there. And I, I actually find a steady stream of players who play casual on the regular, and it can be quite different than those who go into ranked. Like, I... I honestly see some like players regularly grinding and casual right and it's like oh wow like i, I can kind of count on seeing like you know this kin or this monad or this uh, and then like and that's actually kind of nice because the character variety the matchup all that kind of stuff and then they're playing in some orthodox unorthodox ways john you're laughing you're cracking up there hit, hit me with because you're saying you want to i'm thinking about this uh casual <laughs> encounters you're gonna warm up and you want to grind so like maybe that the little the little logos you could use is the tinder and the grinder uh, uh I, I don't know anyways go ahead <laughs> Are you, are you saying I, I'm doing some double entendres here? Are you implying that, John? You know, stop being so hard on me, man. Like, I don't want to, you know. Anyway. Just said hard on. <laughs> so I think a number of people uh, skip this mode and don't use it at all. But I, I wanted to talk about some really nice advantages. Have some fun with this. Casual is really great for having some fun and leveling up. And a lot of people just skip it entirely. And that's actually a really bad idea. Even if you're, you know, just earning points left and right or whatever, go back into casual. It's a great way to just have some fun with the game, have a few drinks, have a few, you know, whatever kind of thing and go enjoy yourself. It's a really good way of taking the pressure off and just exploring what's there. Uh, so don't ignore that mode. There it is. Oh, is that all of it? <laughs> That's it, man. I'm like you're, into you're this now. Stuff. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna right. go play some casual now, right? So I'm gonna go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gonna go have some casual experiences. Uh, you guys have fun. We'll see you next week. <laughs> all right, y'all. That wraps us up for this week of the Avengers podcast. Once again, thank you for having these casual encounters with us, and we'll be back with you soon.